0: How are we there guys and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Crossbar Podcast. I'm your host as always, Josh, joined by Ben. How are you, mate?
1: I'm not too bad, mate. Aside from having to cancel flights to Newcastle for Boxing Day, yeah, aside from that, I'm all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that. Don on a bit of Chrissy theme tonight. Um, For you. Obviously, it's it's a fake suit. Obviously, not as good as obviously the guests um, that we're going to have on suit, obviously, but... Um, As I said, welcome to everyone who's jumping in. Feel free to whack any questions you've got in for the general. You know, he's pretty open, obviously. You know, and let's be honest, 234 games. Um, Knows the ins and outs of, obviously, Newcastle football. So if you've got any questions for him, feel free to whack him in there. Big shout out to Gabriel Ma, optometrist. Thank you very much for the major sponsor. Obviously got the specs on now. Benny's just whacked his on. So there they are. (laughs) Be sure to go down there and get all your eye care needs from obviously the guys down there at Gabrielle Mart. But anyway, guys, we're gonna get straight into it and introduce our special guest, the general Andy Roberts. How are you, mate?
2: Well, Josh and Ben, how are you going, guys?
0: Yeah, good. We're mate. good. Very, very good. So, um, how's how's life, mate? Obviously, a little bit a little bit worrying now, obviously. The the COVID's sort of moving down. It's hit the coast. You're concerned or yeah, let's, um, let's keep it down the
2: northern beaches and, uh, and whatnot, mate. Let's, um, let's keep that bubble down there and um, keep it away from Newcastle and the rest of the state, which would be good. We'll go and say good there for a while. And now, just leading up to Christmas, um, we don't want Christmas cancelled for everyone. So we're, we're looking forward to a good Christmas, mate. And hopefully they can get on top of it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Ben's going to be on the Facebook side as well. So if you're on Facebook, shout out, say good day, um, And Ben will get to any questions you've got and so forth. But um, we may as well start from the very, very, very beginning, mate. Newcastle born and bred junior football. Where did it all begin? Yeah, well, it's um,
2: yeah, like you said, Josh, um, Newcastle born and bred. And I started playing my junior football when I was four years old at South Walls End, just around the corner from, uh, from where I lived at my mum and dad's at Elmore Vale. And um, I spent you know, uh, 10 years there and um, won a couple of premierships um, with South Walls End and, there were great times, obviously. We we're, were playing in the inner city um, district then, and it was a top level for your age group. And I remember winning a, an under-16 grand final with South Wales Ann, and my dad was a manager, so that was special. And then obviously making all the Newcastle rep teams back in the days when they had Newcastle rep teams, and, yeah. and traveling to the likes of New Zealand. It's my first uh, overseas trip at the age of 14, and um, from there, um, making the Northern New South Wales teams and having the likes of Kenny Kaiser and uh, Bobby Mountford as the coach there, and obviously Phil Dano's involved at that level as well. And uh, yeah. it was when I was seventeen that I got identified at the Australian titles back in them days, because you'd obviously play against New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, Queensland, WA. Uh, all guys are the same age. Uh, you know, the best players from each state. And I got identified as a 17-year-old to to go down to take up a scholarship in Canberra at the when I was 18.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, what we're talking about, obviously, blokes um, like Bobby Mumford and um, Phil Dando. Obviously, I was, co- I was lucky enough to be coached um, by Bob himself uh, at Adamstown um, shortly before his passing, unfortunately. But again, wealth of knowledge. So much knowledge, so much experience. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and again, I, I was only only got about twelve months with him, but again, in that twelve months, the amount of knowledge I, could, I took out of it, and obviously, even now, that me, me coaching now, I still obviously, you know, think back at some of the drills and all that sort of stuff that I learned from him. Because yeah, no, he was, yeah, he was a class act. Yeah,
2: he was sure. very, very passionate, wasn't he? Classy, oh yeah, you know, very passionate oh. man. Loved his football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, obviously, had it running through his through his veins, and. Yeah. You know, from all the coaches over the years that I've had, he was he was one that stood out. I mainly had him at um at Northern New South Wales level and the state teams and that. But there's always something you can take out of each manager, good or bad, um, as your as your career progresses. So, yeah, um, yeah, Bobby was a great man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, G'day, Matt Taylor. How are you, mate? Welcome. Uh, obviously, we talk about you know you growing up and stuff like that. KB United. Um, You know the the players, obviously, that we had running through there, and obviously, you know the likes of um Craig Johnson, obviously, with a few stints. Um Cole Curran, I think, was there as well. Um There's another one off the top of my head, which I can't remember because Ben's fiddling away with me notes. But anyway, I'm fixing. I'm fixing. Bowen, I'm like fixing. More for you,
2: mate. Um, you know, well,
0: Kenny Bay and Graham
2: Hayes. Kenny King was the one I was
0: thinking of. That's the one. Bill I was
2: um, Cole yeah. Curran. You know, okay. I, that's where my passion for Newcastle was born to play for my hometown. You know, going to the um, the uh, OSC, what it was known back then, the International Sports mm-hmm. Center, with eighteen thousand people as a as an eight year old was just mind blowing to see how the Newcastle public would get behind their local team, and and these guys were my heroes growing up, and I I saw some great players obviously play there and. Um, I think it was about 1980, 81, Craig Johnson come back and he'd get to sign with Liverpool then and uh, he uh, was playing for Middlesbrough and they got him back on a few guest games and I was there, he scored a hat-trick one game, I remember that, Um, amazing, he was just a standout player against these guys playing at National level. he was so fast and fit. And you know, I saw Bobby Charlton play a guest game there at the OSC when he was in his his 42, I think he was. He's one of the oldest players to play in the National League. Um, Nick Shannon come over for a few guest games, a Southampton guy and and international for England. And but that's where my passion for Newcastle was born to play, to go on and play from my hometown. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, big crowds as well. Obviously, you know, like in those days, obviously, you know, you're looking at nearly eighteen, twenty thousand.
1: Um yeah. I'm sure
0: it's some of those yeah. some of those fixtures there. But um obviously it pretty well started ninety ninety one, ninety two, I believe. Um yeah. was the first year yeah, of the breakers. And right. found,
2: founding new yeah, of the well, breakers. Then, yeah, we um I had a couple I had eighty eight in, in the IS down in Canberra, I came back in eighty nine and that's um, right. I played for Newcastle-Austral, which was the highest level um, at the old Breakers Stadium, um, and that was in the state league. So I played first grade for, for two years there, and um, and that's when they were talking about forming the, the Newcastle Breakers in 91-92 season. Yeah. So um, I was lucky enough to well, get off of the a contract, my first professional contract, um at the tender age of twenty one and um, you know and that's been a, a dream kind of true for me for to play customer town, twenty two them years. So I'm um, um, dreaming about it. I was lucky, lucky enough to uh, get off the I remember my first, contract, first, professional first professional contract, contract um, South at the tender, tender age of like twenty one and you know a dream come true for me to play into my hometown and through all them years and I'm dreaming about it. And um yeah, yeah, I remember my first game with so obviously we go
0: HM, back a little HM, bit, now um, that I've got access the to me, Trimoli, me, notes, um, away, to the Louis AIS, You stated obviously you were there, and being, uh, and we've had we plenty of guests we on the show, obviously who have the AIS, what was it like Welcome to NSL, obviously we go back a little bit, now that I've got access to me notes, obviously the AIS, You stated obviously you were there, we've had plenty of guests on the show, obviously who have you know, made their way, pathway through the AIS. What was it like back then? Yep. Obviously, the amount of people that have come on have said, oh. you know, look, it's the, the you know, it, it was the bee's knees. It was where you needed to be.
2: Ron Smith and um, Gary Cole, the ex-socceroom and Heidelberg, great. And um, in the team, uh, you had Andy Patterson, Steve Morton, um, that have played overseas. I was left back. You got Steve Horvath, Dominic Longo, Sean Murphy in the, in the centre of defence, Greg Mills. Um, Ned Zelic in the middle of the park. Um, Johnny Gibson played over 300 games in NSL. Um, just some some great talented guys, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and and to to um, be there for a year and and have the experience and and that sort of helped my career springboard from there. Learning uh, from them guys and learning from them that talented coaches was unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Obviously, um, so eight, that, was, that was about 88, you were there. 89 was a pretty good year for yourself, uh, I believe it was the Australian Youth call-up?
2: Yeah, I was in the, in the, in the mix for the That's Australian quite. Youth team in, in 88 and 89 yep. um, because at that stage they were, they were preparing the, the Australian Youth team for the um, 89 World Cup in Saudi Arabia. There was a new stadium just being built there, the famous stadium in Saudi Arabia. And Australia got through all the groups and... Unfortunately, I got injured at a crucial time when um, I had an air operation which put me out for a couple of months and uh, I missed out on all the qualifiers. And uh, they got through to the last group game and they had to play off against Syria and they only needed a draw to get through to the World Cup finals in, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah,
1: I remember and that. It's
2: that, it's, it's that famous game where it was going into injury time and we're through and I got a call up. You know, it's, it's pre-phones and pre... Uh, faxes then and we had I got a letter in the matter say so injury a couple of the defenders like Dominic Longa and Steve Forbett are, are been injured uh, if Australia qualify and get through against Syria You'll be going to the World Cup and Syria um, scored a goal in in 94th minute injury time And that that was the end for me. I didn't get to go to the World Cup and the rest of the boys, but um, Just how, how a career can change like that, but it was an honor to get caught up to to play in a World Cup
0: Yeah, absolutely um... Well, obviously, we'll go back to obviously the breakers ninety one, ninety two first season. Um, obviously, representing you know your hometown, as you said, you know, no, let's be honest, no bigger honour other than obviously playing for your country. Um, what what was the first season like? What what was what was expected of you guys back then? Obviously, you yeah, know, you
2: well, died. it was it was all new to us. You know, I had Bruce Dow as a coach, he came with a with a good reputation, and you had some experienced guys. Uh, you know, I was only young and, and new to NSL, and you had guys like Andy Koska at the back that have played and won premierships with St. George, Craig Moffat, mm. John Kosh, um, Polak, you know, um, Jason Polak was there. Um, there's some great talent. Um, Noel Barkley was a New Zealand international that played up front for us. And Johnny yep. Russell was a goalkeeper uh, and a great JR from West Wall's End. And um, yeah. Mark Wilson, my long-term colleague, was in the youth team and, and he's one of my... Long-term friends, he was in in and around the scene. But yeah, you know, '92, we got um, we played a, a game against the Socceroos at Breaker Stadium, the famous game uh, against the full-strength Socceroos. They were going into a um, a qualifier, a, a couple of guest games against Sweden uh, in a few weeks, and we played him at Breaker Stadium with a full house. And you know, um, I remember that game vividly. You can watch it on YouTube. It's still there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we,
2: since it's we in beat a full-strength Socceroos team 3-1 at Breakers Stadium. Um, oh, I, was I, was, say. I was lucky enough that yeah, Brad yeah. Mullaney scored two two goals. Mark Wilson with an assist. Um, we were just a, a group of kids with a little bit of experience mm. so that just like you know on that on that particular day um, we beat them. And um, Warren Spink scored the lone solo goal oh. for the Socceroos that night. And um, he's back in the area now, Sid. And uh, he loves Newcastle and that's where he's, his uh, desire to come and play for Newcastle was born when yeah. he played for the Socceroos and we beat him 3-1. And I was lucky enough to get man of the match and been given the signed match ball. And um, that's something that's always uh, one of my career highlights, getting the, the um, man of the match against the Socceroos.
0: Yeah, and let's be honest, obviously, 3-1 victory, you know, like obviously guys in the chat, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the lineup now, just looking at a few of these guys in there, you know, you're Alex Tobin, you know, yeah. Zellick's. You know, your Paul Wade was there, like,
1: yeah. Ah, oh, he was one of my coaches as a youngster.
0: Paul Wade was, yeah, yeah. Like, you no know,
2: more passionate guy. You know, you're gonna meet. You obviously, played that great, great game against Maradona in the '93 qualifier. Yeah. You know, and he never boy.
1: lets you forget it either. No, What would he? What
0: an honour! What a what an honour! Um, obviously Matt's coming here. What have we got? Matt Taylor, I remember going to Newcastle Breakers games at Birmingham Gardens and really enjoying it. Absolutely. Oh, God. I remember going to Newcastle Breakers games at Birmingham Gardens and remember Andy Harper, Troy Halpin, and obviously the general himself playing for the Breakers. Absolutely, Andy Harper.
2: Yeah, Important. no, great great names, obviously. Halpo, Troy Halpin. Um, yes. He was a local boy. He's four years younger than me. He went on to play. That's where his career started, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there around the 92, 93 season, but didn't get a run in with the, the manager then, Bruce Dowell. and he, um, he ended up trying his luck in, in Sydney and, and then on in Perth, but, you know, and Sydney Olympic, of course, but Troy was mm-hmm. a, an exceptional talent, but just wasn't given the chance. And, um, yep. you know, the, the likes of the, them guys and... Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a great, great time, obviously. Um, yeah. My, yeah. Probably one of the best strikers i played with was Warren Spink. He, he could just, like, mm. turn a game on the on his head. And, um, yeah, so them guys, there's sort of a couple of people that stick out. Obviously, mm. Mark Wilson, you know, my, my colleague Mark. And, uh, you know, we've been through thick and thin, especially at the break, because it's, it's no different to it is it is now, boys, you know. <laughs> or, they're talking about survival of clubs. But when, you know back in our day you, you had to work a full-time job or yeah. you know, in my case i'd work um i had a full-time job in the menswear store which i own now and even on game days i'd i'd go and work on a friday uh, at the shop and then pack up my bags at five o'clock and drive out to breaker stadium play the game and back up for work on saturday you know it'd be just unheard of these days oh,
0: yeah I, absolutely um welcome mary as well uh Andy Harper with Matty Taylor's favorite, favorite, obviously Breakers player. Um, obviously we'll talk about you know talk about the Breakers, ninety two, ninety one, ninety two, to obviously ninety nine, two thousand. Um, it wasn't it wasn't all glamour, and obviously you know finals football. I don't believe we made any 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 finals football during that time as a Breakers. Um, any any reason you think behind that? Obviously. Was it just obviously the class and the quality of obviously the other sides that you were up against? And let's be honest, they were. Yeah, I think plenty of good, yeah. good talented players in those other sides. So,
2: yeah, we, we had some great players, obviously, Josh, yeah. but we, we didn't seem to click. We we'd go on a run of uh, yeah. games unbeaten. And um, I think at the time we had six or seven games unbeaten. Uh, when Warren Spink was there, we had a good run in the um, 93, 94 season. We uh-huh. almost made the finals when the likes of uh, Warren Spink was there, Darren Stewart, Rod Brown, um, and myself, and um, yeah, we just didn't click, and we just had some some un- unlucky games as well. But we certainly had the talent, you know. Flash Jennings, Graham Jennings was in the team, yeah. and uh, at the time, Jimmy Foley was our was our manager. Um, yeah. And he got uh, outed and then caretaker coach Graham Jennings came in for the 93, end of the 93-94 season. We seemed to play better under, under Flash and um, mm. we're getting better results, but it was probably a bit, bit too late to, to make the finals. Um, you know, we had some good, good runs, especially the 99-2000 season under, under Lee Sterry. Um, yeah. We were actually top of the league with six to eight weeks to go this season. We were on such a run of nine games unbeaten. I remember it, and um, we, you just walked out thinking you, you're going to win these games. You're playing against South Melbourne and the likes of Mark Haney and things like that. And yeah. um, the what went against us that year was we had a couple of home games washed out with wet weather. It was just an unseasonally wet summer, pretty much like it is now. And um, we, uh, it, it's a big thing in sport momentum. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. If you continue to yeah. Um, play games week in week out, and that's what stopped us. A few washed out games at Breakers Stadium. We had to play midweek, and um, we went from top of the league. I remember scoring against Gippsland Falcons. One of the four career goals I scored against Gippsland Falcons <laughs> at, at Breakers <laughs> Stadium from the back post. And um, we beat them two 0 that night, and we were top of the top of the league for the first time ever. Um, oh, and
1: yeah. then from the,
2: from there it was just like a downhill slide We end up finishing seventh. We, we got down to the last couple of games, and I remember we had a makeup game against Pro Meta Power, and mm. the young Joel Griffith scored a penalty that game, and um, we missed two. And um, that's a game that, that maybe cost us. And then the last game against South Melbourne away, we we lost, so we didn't make the finals that year.
0: Yeah, obviously, um, surely, surely the '93-'94 season, um, you know, a little bit disappointing there. You know, the mm. uh, the likes of a uh, Laurie McKinna coming in, obviously, didn't come in and. <laughs> Do his yeah, job. Laurie. Um, Carry is obviously the, all the way. It's uh, only seven games, I believe he. Yeah. He play, but it, yeah. it's right. he's, we'll, we'll, he's, we'll, call we'll call him, we'll him a passenger. He he's a passenger. Yeah,
2: actually, um, actually, Warren Spink got him to the club when <laughs> Brown got injured. So that's a famous story. Um, Laurie was playing for Blacktown at the Blacktown, time, yeah. and um, we um we got Laurie, and he done a, done a good job for us. You know, old fashioned centre forward, hold the ball up. You know, you, you knock it to him, and you'd get boys running off him. Um. But yeah, you know, so I've got fond memories of playing with Laurie, only for a short time. Yeah.
0: Obviously, um obviously we go to ninety nine and two thousand it all all finishes up. It all fell up. Um you know, obviously yeah, it's it defunct and everything else. What I suppose obviously, you know, to the fans out there listening now, probably thinking the same sort of scenario we're in now, obviously where players are obviously a little bit deflated, they don't know what's gonna happen, the club's just sort of stopped per yeah. se, obviously ownership's gone and everything else. Was it sort of the same scenario for you guys when obviously the season finished? Did you know straight away that obviously the you know the Newcastle Newcastle United was going to be a thing or did it take a bit of time or Yeah,
2: it was a it was a funny time because I remember it vividly, you know, we had a good run that season, ninety nine, two thousand like you said under Lee Sterry mm. he took a group of guys that, you know, he he got us uh, into our roles and we knew our roles and what to do and mostly my role was to me and Mark, the the best striker on the opposition team, and and stop him from scoring, and um, you know, we had the likes of John Bonavoli Andy Harper up front, you had um, Todd McManus, um, Shane Price at the back, Bobby Cutland in goals, you know, uh, Mark Wilson in the middle of the park, and we just clicked that year, and it was really disappointing, I've got to say, not to make the finals when we were top of the league, and um, looking back on it as one of my big regrets not to not to get in the in the finals that year and but um Lee Story took you know, basically a group of uh he, he used to say a group of Volkswagens and he'd take okay. us down the freeway and take on the silver tails of, of Sydney and stuff like that, you know. So just to put it I use a car analogy, you know, I like my okay. car's boys, so yeah. I was about to
1: say, does that have anything to do with the Volkswagen ring you've got on your finger?
2: Oh you can see that can <laughs> Oh, I saw it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Couple of big shiners, um, so
2: yeah, uh, yeah. Fine memories of the time, though, uh, yeah. and it was obviously a different time. We were semi-professional and, and, yeah. and not professional. Uh, I experienced that later in my career under Ian Crookinver and Egmont at Newcastle United, but it was yeah. around about the time of the Olympics, um, September oh, two thousand. Wow. We actually started our preseason for for the breakers in um, in two thousand two thousand and one season, and we played a couple of. Uh, games at Breakers Stadium and then we heard the the club was gonna fold and um, they're gonna form a new club under Con Constantine at uh, yep. Marathon Stadium back yep. in the back in the time and um, that's when we all said, Yeah well okay, if it's all in or, or no one's in so we, we signed for the new club and the rest is history.
0: The rest is history. Well there it is. Maddie's just brought it up which is yeah, correct. Um what was it August two thousand one one draw against uh, Brisbane, Brisbane Strikers. Brisbane strikers, yeah. Was the yeah. first game obviously for Newcastle United? Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, it, it was it was a good run. Obviously, the next season was a very, very good run. Two thousand and one, two, I think it was. Yeah. Um. you know, I think it's probably the best season. Obviously, the you know the, the club had ever had, and obviously in an NSL scenario, obviously before the A League itself, I believe. Um. What were we looking at ten wins, twelve draws, two losses? Um, yeah, we, we
2: finished. Um, we finished that season because. Um, When we folded the breakers, we had the 2000-2001 season at um, uh, Energy Australia Stadium under Lee Sterry, and that's when Ian Cook come in um, for the 2001-2002 season. We finished second in the premiership. And um, we had the best defensive record uh, in the league in the entire competition. There was Mm. um, Daniel Beltrami in goals. I was left back. Chris Oretich, in New Zealand international, played for Sydney Olympic with centre back and Scotty Bailey on the right side. So we played a very attacking type of football. And um, under the guidance of Ian, Um Crook and Gary Van Egmond, we really did well that game that year. And we only lost two games all year. We had, I think, a ten or eleven draws. Um, yeah, it's
0: got about twelve draws, ten yeah. wins. Obviously, obviously, there's that's the, that's the kicker right there. Obviously, too many draws. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, but obviously, you know. Did you did you feel it was um a lot a lot of points lost there or was it pretty No, we'll yeah, we'll finish we're we'll happy to finish the season second yeah. because we knew we were in uh
2: back in them days it was one two playoff to yeah. uh over two legs to get through to the grand final and we finished second to to yeah. Perth We won the minor premiership and we played Perth away in the uh, preliminary final and got touched up four one over at Subiaco in front of forty thousand people. Um, and then we knew we had to come back home to win 3-0 um, yeah. to get through to the grand final directly. And at yep. halftime, Salem Massey had already scored two goals. So we're 2-0 up, uh, 4 free and aggregate. And just so much momentum in that game. The crowd was amazing. There was 18 or 19,000 at the stadium, the old stadium. And um, yep. I just knew that this was our moment. And I remember saying to the boys at halftime, I said, this is our opportunity to make a grand final here, boys. And, um, I remember young Daniel McGreen, he had a chance later on to, to win it. Joel Griffiths had a couple of chances. We just couldn't get that final vital no. third goal uh, to go 4-4 in aggregate. And that would have got us through to the grand final that year. And we would have hosted it. Yep. Um, we ended up losing that game 2-0. And then we had a, a second chance against Sydney Olympic at home the following week which we dominated again, uh, copped a soft goal. Salah Massey hit the post and rebound off Clint Bolton off his shoulder and went over the bar, something like the save Gordon Banks made in the, yeah. the uh, 70 World Cup wow. against Pelé. It was one of them moments. Like, it's, it's harder to miss than, than uh, yep. harder to go in type thing. But yeah. um, we played our grand final, I think, boys, the, the week before against um, Perth, and we were just a bit flat that game. And then, obviously... Um, Sydney Olympic went on to play Perth in Perth that year and they, they won 1-0 away by Ante anti goal. Mm, that's it. That's exactly it.
1: Um, and, obviously, uh, and, you know, and the record against Perth hasn't gotten any better?
2: No, mate, you're right. It's, it's <laughs> one of the baggy teams for Newcastle over the years, isn't it? Big time. But
0: yeah, 100%. Um, to get the... Yeah, obviously we talk about Newcastle when we talk about success. We can't go past Con Constantine. Obviously... Um, what, what was he like, obviously, before, obviously, the A-League and yeah. probably what some, some of us obviously know him as. Um, yeah, what yeah. was he like back then?
2: Uh, he's one of the most passionate people I've ever met, Con Constantine. You know, I've got to give him, uh, take my hat off to him for, for taking on Newcastle at the time. And um, he really gave us a lifeline uh, to, to the players and supporters by taking on Newcastle United. Um, I remember vividly uh, my farewell game at... Energy Australia Stadium in 2003. He came into the dressing shed at half time. And uh we're we'll losing to the the football kings at the time, Auckland Kings. Mm-hmm. And uh he went round to every player. It's the first time and the only time he's probably come in the dressing shed and we're all going, What's going on? And he started pointing the finger at each and every player and saying, um, that Andy deserves better. He's played his his whole career for Newcastle and let's get out there in the second half and <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> uh, which is like, I was a bit awestruck. And But that's the type of person he was, you know. Um, obviously, you know, he financed the club for many years. And he won a, He was there in 2008 when they won their inaugural a title in the yep. uh,
1: 2008
2: grand final against the Mariners. So, yep. yeah, you got to take your hat off to time. 100%. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely no, You don't. You don't sell a job with what he had, and obviously, um, that's it. You, you've got to put take your hat off to him. Um, success in Newcastle—that's rare. Yeah, two thousands weren't too bad. but the yeah. Knights I even got a premiership in there. Not even support the Knights, so <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> got. No, you yeah,
2: got no, it was there. a good, good time. It was a good time. Different uh-huh. times, you know, than they are now. Yeah, so.
0: completely different times. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing as well.
2: Yeah, obviously, the Mariners,
0: the Mariners could actually play football back
1: then. <laughs> they
0: could. <laughs> Uh, what was I was going to say, Maddie's putting here. We will beat Central Coast Mariners in round one. You know, that depends on a where it's
1: played and if if there's people if
0: it's played. Go, if when, and when, yeah. If and when, and <laughs> possibilities.
1: Um, uh, well, I, I'd go so far as to say if it's going to be played behind closed doors yeah. and just broadcasted, yeah. not liking the yeah. chance. Yeah, look, yeah. it'll
0: be interesting. Obviously, you know, you, you talk. Obviously, you play pretty well your whole career in Newcastle. Um, Two hundred and thirty four games, like you know it, it it makes you think you know I mean, like when you like obviously to the guys in the chat and everything else, like two hundred and thirty four games you know um let's let's take let's give I suppose Ben kenirovski, you know he's he's at his injury injuries, yeah, and he's probably the only major one now that would have had a good chance of knocking that off um it won't happen now, I don't think I think his injuries have caught up with him too much, but you know. You look at the A League season, you're only playing maybe, you know, 30 games if that, if you make the grand final, sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, that's a long time. That's a, that's a lot a of games. Time. You know yeah. what I mean? When you think about it, and you, you're only starting, I think, what was it, a 12 years professionally, yeah. professional career?
2: Yeah, 12 um, years. So, like I started when I was 21 and, and finished up when I was 33. Yeah. Uh, I, put, I could have played on for the last year of the, the old NSL, yeah. which would have yeah. made me 34. But I had a, um, a moment to go into my business, which I was working for. I had an opportunity to buy the business, and um, I thought, well, okay, do I play one more season of the NSL? And then there's a gap of 18 months to the A-League, A-League. and I would have been 36 at that time. i yeah. still fit enough, um, mm-hmm. by the way. But uh, I thought that's going to be my future. It's what I knew, and um, I was happy to, to end my career on a, on a good note. And, um, yeah. I remember in my final game, or my farewell game, I walked my young eighteen-year-old, eighteen-month-old son out, Jack, and uh, yeah. we had a special moment singing the national anthem, and I was holding him in the arms, and that was, yeah, that was special to to finish yeah. on that note on your own terms as well, and uh, that's the biggest thing, yeah, yeah, it is, you know, because your career goes so fast, boys, you know, them, you talk about them twelve years, but looking back on it, in the moment, and you really don't take things in. Sometimes, yeah. and that's what I say to young players now: enjoy every game you play because you don't know when your career might come to an end through injury or uh, something like that. So enjoy every moment you play.
0: Yeah, A- absolutely. Obviously, you know, two hundred and thirty-four games, um, legend, captain, J- captain of J- hometown.
2: What about Obviously. the three sort of goals, Josh?
0: And I was yeah. just about to go into it. I was yeah. just about to go into it. The first goal. We can't. We can't go past the first one. Surely that's probably the best. <laughs> The yeah. best of a lot. Rainy, rainy, wet pitch. Obviously, Heidelberg United. Um, oh, the burgers. Dominant, the burgers. Dominant, yeah, they were dominant. You now back then. and are not. A place back to go
2: to the Olympic Village in Heidelberg. <laughs> I tell you, boys.
0: <laughs> it was like a prison. I drove past there
1: today might... as well. <laughs>
0: I, you, you, probably, you probably got it down to the meter. Have you exactly well, Fifty-two you... meters. Yeah, it is, oh, yeah, there Oh, there you <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> well, better,
2: I was going to say, if you dig deep enough, you would be able to find it on, um, on the NSL highlights. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 52 metres uh, inside, inside my own half on a wet, windy Heidelberg pitch, and I <laughs> um, played it forward to, to Rod Brown, the rooster, up front, and it bounced in front of him. And it was so windy, it, the keeper come out to claim it, but it bounced over him as well and went into the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh,
1: the man. celebration
2: was all oh, like them. I, I
0: was about to say, I have seen the hives. I have seen it on the net. And um, oh, the aeroplane celebration. Mm.
2: <laughs> I'd love to see that someday. I, don't, I, I can't find it. It's probably lost. Oh, it. Anyway, so I remember him, And David Lowe is the only person in history to witness my four goals live. Oh, wow. He oh. was present all my four goals. Um <laughs> uh, the next one took a few it was in between uh drinks, It uh, took a few years to score my next one against um Brisbane at Breaker Stadium. Uh Cosmina was a coach at that time and he uh he let me go the previous um couple of years to he wasn't in he, I wasn't in his plans for Newcastle, so I played a season in Canberra under <laughs> the Franco Kalina. Yeah. And uh to score at Breaker Stadium in a in front of a full ha- full house and I was across from Brad Witcherak. I run about 60 metres to get on the end of it. Headed it from the 18 yard box, top top left corner against Clint Bolton. Um, that celebration was special because I gave it the Cosminor uh,
0: run and pass him in the box. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Maddie in the next Matty's goal. Maddie's just putting. Put I'm surprised that goal didn't uh, get goal of the season. <laughs> oh, mate, just the run. I think it, I,
2: I, I, it was a box to box run because we the prey bloke. I think um, Glenn Moore crossed it from the right right fullback position of Brad Witcherak, and he ran down the wing and then crossed it in, and I made a lung-burst-in run of 60, 70 metres from box to the box and oh, got on the end of it, and I just happened to go in. Yeah, that was a special moment, that one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, four four bangers. Um, you know, not not everyone's as lucky as, obviously, some strikers or defenders, um to score i suppose at least at least you didn't you weren't a nigel bugard i suppose i'm sure he scored plenty of own goals how many own goals do you reckon you scored throughout your career
2: i, I scored about three actually from from corners oh, trying three. to head him away so i suppose that, let's not count them ones though eh? but yeah. um yeah under that under that year the 99 2000 season like always deployed as a mere marker to to mark you know uh the likes yeah. of you know the the best mori and despotovsky and players oh, like that and um, uh, Frank Farood, I remember, come up against him a couple of times. And earlier on in the piece, if we go back to the 93 like season on Mark, mark Paducah at, at Summer Street. And that was a, yeah. uh yeah, He'd that's... just come out of the AIS scoring a bag full of goals. And actually, we beat him one of the rare times. We beat Melbourne Croatia in, in their own backyard. We, we won that game. And um,
0: yeah.
2: for that year, 99-2000, I was pretty much given free reign to play in the midfield. And Lee Sturry had said to me, in there, go out and mark such and such and smell his aftershave. Uh, there was one particular game we played against Mark Honey at Breakers Stadium. And to, to put my opponent off at the time, it was oh, Brad Maloney. Uh, it's a famous story. Um, Lee Sterry told me before the game there yeah, Robo, don't don't leave him. So there was a, a time, there was a break in play, and he went to get a drink. So I went over to the sideline, and Frank Farini was giving Brad Maloney instructions. And uh, I took a, a sweep out of his drink just to get in his face. <laughs> <at the> nah. <laughs> And this, this was just before half time, boys, as well. And then uh, at half time, we walked down the praise race and I walked into the Mark Hainin dressing room as well. <laughs> and uh, they're all looking around, thinking, What are you doing? And I said, I've been giving a job boys, to Mark Brad Mulaney and I'm not leaving. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. Just, um, oh, just well. playing, playing a bit of mind games. And uh, yeah, funny times.
1: Oh, back in those days, it would have been handbags at 10 paces. Uh, yeah, mate, it was.
2: You know, because they, they break a stadium, the dressing rooms were, were opposite doors to each other, they were literally five meters apart. So, yeah, yeah. you know, Oof. if you didn't know where you were going anyway, you get confused
0: about which um, <laughs> dressing, <laughs> dressing room you'd be You're walking into write. anyway. Bloody hell, yeah. Talking about obviously blokes like that, obviously, we had um, we were lucky enough to have Branco on at, um, yeah. a couple of months ago, and obviously, you know, same thing, just talking about obviously, you know, the olden times. Yeah. And, you know the likes of your Vidukas and stuff like that, and just just sit just watching a bloke like that at that yeah. age he was he said he was goes it was just amazing he goes, he goes at times he'd it, forget what he was trying to put through to his players. just yeah. just watching him play you know like you just sort of tune out and go God he's you know such a talent you yeah know? so well
2: you know as like a that. young player he was always going to reach the highest level and he
0: did.
2: No, but I had a season there with Branco Coler in in Canberra in ninety seven <laughs> ninety eight no you know, we had a great team down there and, and we just couldn't click. And um, Franco ended up getting the, getting a sack about four or five games to go before the end of the season. And the great Rowley Rasic came in to, uh, to take oh, over the team. And um, oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, you know, he'd get you in the dressing room before training in each game and, an hour later, he'd still be talking about the '74 Socceroos. But I tell you what, you'd you feel like ten foot tall, and you'd want to run through a brick wall after the chats he give you. As such, so, such an inspirational person,
0: Raleigh Rassi. Well, obviously, you know, it was, it was a stellar career, as I said, as we said, two hundred and thirty four games. Um, it, en- it ended, obviously, uh, at the age of thirty three. You moved into, obviously, you know, the business, obviously, gen- um, Gentlemen's Outfitters. Um, before obviously we go into that, obviously Tom, you know, after football and stuff like that, is there anything you look back on, obviously, that you may, um, you know, may, may regret? Obviously, you know, let's be honest, you, you, you were the general for a reason. You didn't, you went in hard. There was plenty of good tackles, I'm sure. Um,
1: yeah. Well,
2: um, yeah, uh, Brad Witcherak, my uh, my left wing back in front of me played at the at the breakers mm. in the ninety eight to, to two thousand year under Lee Sturry and that's where he nicknamed me the general because obviously the there was Chief Harrigan at the Knights. Mm. And mm. so um, and obviously the relationship with the the local pub in Newcastle, the General Roberts, Roberts. At, <laughs> at New yeah. Lantern. Yeah. So he just started calling me the general, and it just, just stuck from there. So um, that's where that come about. So the, chief, uh, the Knights had the chief, and the Breakers had
0: the general. So general.
2: there you go.
0: <laughs> Bloody beautiful. Um, so obviously, yeah, as you said, obviously you, you've taken, you've been there since, I believe, 2003?
2: Yeah, I took over the business um, ownership of Gentleman's Outfitters, Charles St. <laughs> and I hung up the boots in 03, and yeah. owned it ever since, and uh, sponsored the club. Um, the Jets ever since their first season so Mm. you know I've seen a lot of players come and go through Newcastle and fitted them up and um, yeah yeah it's something Mm. I enjoy and I'm passionate about it Uh,
0: absolutely absolutely guys if you haven't been down there be sure to go down there and get your suits up get your tailored done and obviously stuff like that you know as I said who knows you might walk in there one day and bump into a You've
2: got an upcoming wedding next week, next year, Josh, so
0: we've got to fit you up. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll put on two oh, you got me months months measured... through COVID, mate,
2: so I don't you... have
0: to change a suit. Mate, I, I, I don't even want to. I'm too scared. Obviously, one of the young blokes there measured me up pre-COVID. I'm, I'm too scared to obviously go back and ask him <laughs> what, what, it, what it is because yeah. it won't be that now. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, put on a few kilos. Oh, do, you yeah, do, you reckon,
1: do you reckon Sarah would let me, let me fly everybody to Newcastle to get the suits done? Why not? We'll class it as a buckshot. We'll do the buckshot. I'm fine with that. We'll we'll just work it out on a weekend for the um, F3 Derby. We'll be right.
0: That's exactly it. So, yeah, now as I said, guys, be sure to go check check, check them out. Obviously, go get your suits done and everything else ties, shoes, whatever. They they do everything. Um, But obviously, we'll talk a little bit about current jets. Um, Your your thoughts on the kit? Thoughts on the new kit? Uh, It's okay.
2: It's not the best one I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I would have liked the um, one of the way strips to incorporate the the cinnamon. They got the green there, but they they got the um the white with the green running through it. But the cinnamon links it back to the the KB United days, of course. Yeah. And um, um it's okay. Not as good as yeah. the Breakers strips, put it that
0: way. <laughs> I'm I don't mind them. I don't mind them for they're probably the best three. You know, what I mean, like we're. Usually you get the one that goes, oh, that's all right, but I'm not a fan of the other two. I'm yeah. happy with the three. I, I could buy all yeah. three and be okay with it. Yeah. Um. You know, like last year's home kit, I I can't buy that. It just looks terrible. In my opinion, it's just a Barcelona straight. The best trip ever, yeah. Josh, is the
2: Breakers' first trip of 91-92. 90, this is a replica. Yeah, so good is it? Uh, given yeah. to me by um, Joe Grinnell, I played with at the Breakers, and uh, he runs a a sportswear store. So he made this replica for me because the original framed up on the wall, mate. So, But that wave going through the yeah. the Breakers jersey of 91 to 93 was probably the, one of the best Newcastle jerseys ever. I'm pretty Along sure the, Laurie's got of one of them
1: too.
0: He does, Yeah, of
2: course, because he played in 93, 94. Yeah. Uh, that guest in, yeah. obviously.
0: In the Guinness guest in. 10-game <laughs> guest in. Didn't even see it at 10 games. Um Lockie, mate. Welcome. Welcome, welcome Lockie. We're just talking to about your wedding obviously
1: mate so um chris wants us to stop it. chris wants us to stop saying cinnamon cinnamon mate <laughs> the best, kit. The best kit. what have
0: we got andy's doing my wedding suits and he's an absolute legend absolutely we're just talking about it a lot um
2: great man was... lucky ma yeah looking forward to um uh, looking making him look his best for his wedding
0: next year absolutely absolutely no, about him? He, he, he's going to get looked at no matter what it's the groomsmen that need to look good <laughs> <laughs> They're they they there to look at. They, they've got to look at him. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, with everything going on, mate. You know, no, no owners obviously you know, coming and going, backfiring. Um, you know, the clubs in a bit of a situation. What what would you like to see? You know, what would you like to see? Obviously, from the new owners that come in. You know, I'd like some
2: sports. sort of stability for for Newcastle football because it's been ever since the late seventies when KB United were you know, uh, formed in 78. We've had a chequered history of, of teams coming in and out of the league and ownerships and, and whatnot. So um, this next owner, I'd like, you know, obviously got to be passionate about Newcastle and passionate about the area and the football. Yeah. Because, guys, you, know, you think about our area, we've got so many internationals that have come from, from Newcastle over the years, 140 years of football, some of the earliest clubs. Um, oldest clubs in Australia are formed in this area at Walls End, West Walls mm. End, Adamstown. Um, you know, like I said, you've had so many almost 100 internationals play for Australia, 30 or 40 Matildas. Yeah. Um, so it's it's regarded as the birthplace of football in, in Australia, Newcastle. Yeah. And not to have a, a national uh, team at playing at the highest level would be an absolute travesty. Um, mm-hmm. I remember speaking at the public forum at Energy Australia Stadium when when Tinkler handed back his licence. And uh, I was passionate about it then because, obviously, being my hometown, and, yeah. uh, and that's when we got ownership, uh, got through with Martin Lee. And I hope this next owner, um, that it's the right fit for everyone, not only the club, but he's also interested in, in football in the area as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, obviously, in what i was said to a lot of people as well and my thoughts is uh, he's got to be passionate about the um the club obviously from a senior level um and obviously the W league as well but obviously he's got to, you know we want I want the owner to make sure that they're putting back in to grassroots football obviously local football being building, yeah. building more stadiums and stuff well, you know not even stadiums but you know even facilities you know you go to a local you know you you know now obviously I believe you're on the um doing some stuff there at the eagles I believe is yeah. that right yeah, I'm
2: general manager of the WPL manager, program yeah. at, at New Lambton Football Club, and um, yeah. they approached me in the in the close season to to um, be general manager, not the coach. But I said don't to ask too much of me guys. But they're yeah. they're a very ambitious club, and the the New Lambton Bowling Club now they've taken their own taken over the ownership of the club, and yeah. it's they're unique in Newcastle in football because they've got a, a clubhouse directly opposite their ground, so. Yeah. Um, my stepdaughter Macy plays for, for WPL in first grade and uh, yeah. so that's that's where I'm interested in that and um just to oversee things and make sure that everyone's doing their job and um yeah it's something I I'm, I'm enjoying at the moment, yeah. as along as with with my menswear and
0: Oh bloody oath, eh? bloody plenty plenty of knowledge to give, I suppose. So um, yeah. you know, they've, they've picked up a picked up a bargain there. So um <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you fit it fit fit all fit them all out anyway, mate. If, definitely
2: yeah Yeah. definitely so um you know like i said boys just just tapping on all the players that i fitted over the years for the jets and there'd be there'd be hundreds you know oh
1: yeah i
2: met some guys like emil heskey um he he was a challenge he was a mere mountain that guy the the amount of alterations i had to make to the to his suit was incredible he's just such a such a presence and what a great humble person he was as well you know uh, um emil heskey um but yeah, some, some great players are going through the jets um teams as well.
0: Oh. Absolutely. I think oh, yeah. we um it it was funny actually because we had we had Matt Vandenberg on last week um the serial pest. And Matt, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going through his like I, I was gobsmacked. It just I don't know, it just really made me feel old. Like cuz we're like, "Oh, you know, can you can you name us your, your best 11, you know, who you think the best 11 is?" And it was just like some of the blokes that you put in there, I'm like, really? Yeah. yeah. You missed yeah. out so many. Yeah. Like it was just from a younger point of view, obviously they were, you know, there was yeah, really right. no early days and Different stuff like generation. that. Obviously, you the know, majority me, of them were, they were the current and you know, stuff like that. I'm sitting there going for me, Stuart McCharlotte has to be somewhere in there. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he was, he was brilliant. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely um,
2: Griffiths boys. And and Joel was very young when I finished my career, yeah. he came from Sydney to, to play for Newcastle under Ian Crook and Garriban Egmont. And uh, I remember Joel coming to Newcastle at the time and I got him aside one day and I said what it means to play for Newcastle. I said, you better put in, uh, when you cross that line, mate, it's put in everything because you get the fans on side and they'll, they'll love you forever. And yeah. it, means, it means something to play for Newcastle and wear the, wear the red and blue. Um, Correct. And you know, obviously he's living in the area now and uh, he loves it and... Yes, you know, to get someone like that and take Monday under your wing was was really enjoyable and, and tell them what it meant to play for Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, Break, stadiums, breaking,
1: yeah. Breaking into stadiums and unveiling TIFOs and doing the floss. There
0: you go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, like obviously, oh, well, yeah, Matt, that's another yeah, another one. I'm surprised, you yeah, know, again, again, he's young. You he probably don't even know who he is. Matt Vandenberg, obviously, Um, Steve Eagleton. Like, Steve Eagleton, yeah. Legend. Yeah, I mean, yeah play, was
2: with Eiggs, um, play with eggs. Um, play with eggs. Towards play. the end of my career, in in uh, two thousand and two two thousand and three. Um, yep. Yeah, was a, a very quick eggs, but very injury prone as well. He had some really terrible yeah. injuries, which probably shortened yeah. his career. Um, yeah, but I found that that, that time when we went professional, you know, uh, under Ian Crook and Gerber, and my game went to the next level because I was naturally fit uh, person. Because when I was young, I grew up in the summer. Uh, running on the beach in Little Nippers. So yeah. I had that, yeah. had that uh, background of running on the sand. So when it comes to running on turf, it was like easy for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I was very young, I was Australian beach sprint champion. So um, I had that fitness from when I can thank my parents for that, for taking me there and, and giving me a good good head start in, in my fitness um, yep. and, and whatnot. And that put me in good stead for, for football.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... I, I, yeah, I've done little nippers as well, actually. Friggin', um, I probably probably should be. But if I was doing it now, I probably wouldn't be the the kegs. I wouldn't have the kegs on me now. I suppose, but um. I still to this day
1: can't swim.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I couldn't swim. I couldn't swim. can Asked me to do the run, swim, run test, <laughs> and I'd be sick. It's <laughs> like some games. I could worry so much; it'd be violently It'll be games. You know, I was a really nervous character sometimes with big games coming up. But get me out there in the pitch and first touch, and you'd be right. You know. Yeah, give me that run, swim, run test, mate. And I was—I I just went to water. So I was I about to stand. I could run on top of it.
1: I was about yeah. to say, Joshy, let's not talk about first touches. Yeah. <laughs> I need—I uh, need three kilometres for a decent first touch.
0: <laughs> I used to do nippers with a bloke. Same sort of thing. He—he he couldn't swim. Like so, when we used to do like, um yeah. and sort of things and stuff like that, he'd—he—he he would make sure that he had a massive, massive advantage or a massive lead in the run. Yeah, he knew it would take him half a kilometre. Uh, just, just to learn to kick and obviously yeah. go about fifty meters. Like your swim was. <laughs> oh, I
2: was one of those, mate. I, I used to hate track. recovery sessions when we go down to the oh. pool because uh, all the forum at the the university and they used to laugh at me because Gary Van Egmond used to uh, make us jump in the pool and we would do free uh, freestyle or breaststroke and then he'd say, "Okay, everyone do backstroke." I was the only person that went forward doing backstroke. It <laughs> <That> was incredible. <laughs> I go the opposite way, boys. I don't know how I did that. that's possible. If I went the opposite way.
0: <laughs> you see, you everyone. Right, everyone in the pool, everyone jumps in the pool, and you see this floating device get flung across from. Here's
2: the gentleman going like, the other way, doing back There you
0: go, runs could run for
2: 90 minutes past. Still old records the, for the beat test and, and whatnot. Uh, and uh, Put me in a swimming pool, and I'll be no, nowhere. <laughs> eric the eel mate eric Eric
0: um obviously mate obviously, we'll finish up um with obviously you know any if there's any any sort of stories anything any any sort of stuff that, you know any rituals there's there. did you have any sort of things you do before games obviously people have got some weird weird things like
2: i was i was very routine mate and still am you know um in the dressing room, I've always sit in the same spot. And then players probably do that today. They've got their own little yeah. spot. Um, always have the number three. Uh, always put my left boot on first, my left shin pad. Be third out in line, walking out the players' race. Uh, them sort of things. Mm, yeah. and, and and a lot of players, professional players, it's like a goal kicker in rugby league or rugby union. They have a routine where with they're with their kicking. And it's yeah. like It's just preparing yourself to... To go into battle, basically, mm. um, because when I when I crossed that, that line, it was it was on, you know, um, and I can say like every time I played or represented Newcastle, put that shirt on, it was always 110 percent for me. No yeah. petrol, as I used to say, um, walking out the out the uh, race, I used to sing out "No petrol" to to our team and opposition teams, and they think what's what's Andy doing saying that? It just meant it was like the Queenslander. Uh, yeah. Call from uh was so, it right. the guy Billy? Um, he used to call Queensland as they walked out. Um, yeah, I do
0: remember that. Who was that? It was like okay.
2: that for me. I Used to call no yeah. petrol, and it'd just be a call sign to say give yeah. everything, basically no yeah. left yeah. no petrol in the tank type thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, So that was yeah, that's a good story always have uh, and always tell.
1: Obviously, um,
0: well, the, the other one as well. Obviously, on the other foot, you've, you've played with many mate. Obviously, any um any characters any. Any sort
2: of weird? Oh, look, yeah, there's so many players that I played with over a span of twelve years, but you know, you just remember the the fun times, the highs and lows of, of professional sport and um there's some characters for sure. You know, like I learned from every manager I had, good or bad, and you take bits and pieces from them, the like Lee Terry Cosmina, Bruce Dow, Flash Jennings, um, Ian Crook, Gary Eggmond, they all have their own different style. Um, I gotta say Mark Wilson was always he was always there, and um, we had a great relationship as, as friends and uh, our players playing in the midfield. Uh, for the 99-2000 season, we had a good run. We went nine games unbeaten that year, and that's the year we should have uh, got into the semis at least. and you know Mark's always been a good friend. Um, characters like Brad Witcher, Anthony Surgeon, they just, you know say something, and crack up a dressing room to break the ice type thing. Mm. Um, Andy Harper, uh, John Bonnevoglia you know guys like that. Yeah. You know, some of the local guys like Todd McManus and Shane Price, yeah, uh, that were local <laughs> boys. That, you know, so they played over a hundred games for, for Newcastle, and, they, yeah. and there's a few. So
0: oh, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, mate. Billy Moore was the name you're thinking of.
2: Billy Moore, uh, that's yeah. him. Yeah, yeah.
0: Billy Moore, but um. Obviously, mate, you know, yeah, we can't sit here and obviously without thanking you obviously for you know the contribution you gave to obviously Newcastle football, mate, 234 And still games. gives. And st- I was about to say, and still gives. Um, Matt just put in there as well, would Andy ever consider doing some TV football community work? Commentary, Commentary work. work,
2: sorry. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, when I retired actually in 2003, I was asked by like a radio station at the time Two HD to do country with... Um, with Andy Paschalides, the former oh, SPS yeah. and Fox Sport guru. And um, I had a fun time with him. I remember our first game, we, we went to Ericsson Stadium in New Zealand. And I was new to, to commentary, obviously. And um, he took the call and I'd chime in with comments. And we toured around Australia that year in, in um, 2003, four. Um So that was an enjoyable thing that I, I did commentating. Um but, yeah, always look at getting something because football has been my life. You know, it's got me to where I am in, in my life. And uh, I'm a very sort of humble person. And I'm thankful for, for the career I had. And I no, don't regret anything either, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have won a championship. And that's when I said when, when we had that opportunity in 2001, 2002, to, to get to the grand final and potentially win. That's the only possibly regret I had. But we had a good season that year.
0: No, honestly mate, it's been a pleasure obviously having yeah, a chat absolute with you. Pleasure. In regards to um your career obviously and obviously, you know, everything everything you're doing currently, obviously with football and around the community, mate. Um, yeah, we, we thank we thank you heaps for doing everything you do and obviously, you know, mate mate continue obviously with the gentleman's outfitters suiting up the jets and obviously, you yeah, know, what you're doing now yeah. with the Eagles obviously, in the community. Just call
2: mate, me mate. anytime, time boys if you need anything. You want me to look make you look your best, you come and see the yeah, general. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to seeing you next year for uh, for Lockheed's wedding, Josh. And
0: hopefully everyone's not any mate. I'd I'd hope to be up I hope to be up a lot um a lot earlier than that. <laughs> I think that's in yeah. like November or October or something. Um so hopefully up for Easter or something like that. And yeah, we'll yeah come come him, in mate. and take We'll A or have a coffee or yeah. something, mate. But yeah. No, honestly, mate, muchly appreciated. Obviously, again, guys, be sure go in, see the general, see the guys down there at the gentleman's outfitters, they will suit you up and websites in the, the chat. Absolute- absolutely yeah website's there go check them out and um yeah thanks thanks very thanks much you mate. Thanks thank you very much Andy. take it easy mate thank you love your work boys cheers mate cheers yeah. there we have it guys thanks very much to the general obviously for jumping on um tonight as I said we can't stress enough guys if you need your suits go check them out. be sure to go and check out Gabriel Marptometry as well um, yeah, if these if guys obviously want to quickly talk a bit about football, we'll quickly hang around for that. Um, what have you got there? Thanks for your time, Andy. All the comments are coming in for Andy now. Obviously, thank you for his time. As we said, absolute Newcastle legend. Can't go past the general for that. We thank him for his time. Um, Central Coast Mariners game looks to go ahead. It's a week away. We'll see what happens in that time. It's, a lot can happen yeah. in a
1: week with COVID. Absolutely. That's coming from a Victorian.
0: Needs to find oh, someone right, who really runs a training. No, thanks very much, mate. You enjoy. Cheers, Andy. Enjoy yeah, thanks for the chat. Take it easy, mate. See you later. See hey, you, boys. See you, mate. Yeah.